Have you come to the point in your life where doing that work, church, home, repeat just isn't working for you anymore and you know there's got to be more to life than this? Then girl, you've come to the right place. I'm Kimberly Knight and this is The Physician Podcast. As a certified coach, consultant, author, and speaker, I've had the privilege of helping women to position themselves for success in life, love, and business. So if you're ready for some wisdom wrapped up in a little bit of girlfriend, join me and other experts each week as we give you the conversation, coaching, and keys you need to take you to your next steps. Welcome to the Position Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Knight. And today we're going to continue with our Making Love Last series. We're going to talk about newlywed secrets that no one talks about. All right. So this is that episode that if you have children and you don't want them to get a brand new education, you're going to need to put your headphones on or send them out of the room, possibly both. (laughs) You know, everyone thinks that the newlywed season is about hot, passionate, frequent sex. And hallelujah, it's about some of that, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I mean, once you're married, get all you can and can all you get. But there is a whole lot of stuff that no one talks about or prepares you for when it comes to being a newlywed. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that my husband and I experienced when we were newly married to help you possibly cut your learning curve so you can enjoy that season even more. So let's just jump right in at the deep end, folks. Might as well come in hot. Let's talk about that sex. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. I was looking forward to that physical relationship. I mean, I had really walked the walk the whole time I was single. So I was excited, very excited. (laughs) to enjoy the physical relationship again. But it hit me all of a sudden that I hadn't been intimate in a long time physically. So I was gonna have to take off my clothes in front of a man and it bugged me out, bugged me out. I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I knew what I was going to do. (laughs) What I didn't know was how much of a mental shift that was going to be for me. Because the whole time I was single, I wanted to please God, which meant for me, abstinence. Well, all of a sudden now, I've got this license, this marital license to have sex again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be naked in front of a man. I had spent all those years becoming adept at avoiding that, becoming adept at saying no, becoming adept at dealing with temptation. And now I have free reign. Oh my. See, with freedom comes this responsibility, right? So my responsibility is now to be naked and unashamed. Woo, my, you mean ungirdled, unbroad, just naked? Ay, ay, ay. It took a lot. But you know what? My husband is very kind and very considerate. And I had that conversation with him and he helped me to make that adjustment. Yes. And we had a lot of fun practicing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So 
That being said, you know, it takes time to become one flesh. And I'm not just talking about one flesh physically. I'm also talking about the mental shifts that have to take place. One of the biggest things for me, well, besides the whole getting naked thing, (laughs) was that joint decision-making and checking in with each other. So when I met my husband, I was leading a company, leading ministries, leading mentoring groups. I was a supervisor on my job. My mom was ill, so I was taking care of her household. I was ahead of her household and of mine. Everything in my life, I led. Everything in my life, I was the buck stops here person. Now, all of a sudden, I have to bring this person not only into how I think about what I'm going to do or what decisions I have to make, but also the decisions themselves. And having someone who can say, well, I don't want to do that, or I don't think we should do that. That was brand new to me because I hadn't had that in almost a decade and a half. So that becoming one flesh thing, I don't think we talk enough about that when we're counseling newlyweds. I don't think we do because as people so focus on that physical aspect of becoming one flesh and not that emotional shift, not the mental shift, not the decision-making shift that has to take place. And that is something that causes arguments. Ask me how I know. I'm glad you asked. Mm -hmm. And I think I shared this on another episode, but this always strikes me as funny. We had a balcony off of our bedroom when we first got married. Beautiful balcony. And my husband and I had this huge fight. When I say huge fight, it was bad. I'm talking about screaming. And oh my gosh, I look back now. And the irony of it is neither one of us can remember what that argument was about. We remember that day. I don't think either of us will ever forget that. But neither one of us can remember what the argument was about. Interesting, right? But we had this argument screaming. I remember it being a war of the wills. I know it was about something he wanted to do and I didn't or some way we wanted to handle something and we weren't in agreement. And I remember literally arguing and fussing and just carrying on terribly until I literally was dizzy. And I was kind of swooning and I sat down and he said, take your blood pressure. And I took my blood pressure and my blood pressure was high. It was so high and the argument was so bad. He told me to get in the bed, lay on my left side and let's bring your blood pressure down. And we were still mad. We were not talking. And he sat on that balcony because he wouldn't leave me. He was concerned, you know, with my well-being. And he, he said, I'm, I'm going to sit here. I don't want to talk. I don't want to say another thing. I'm just going to sit here. If your blood pressure doesn't come down, I'm going to take you to the emergency room. So I literally was so busy trying to have my own way that it made me ill. It made me ill. I fought for my right to be right, which at that time was so important to me that I would put my health at risk. And now I can't even remember what it was about. That's crazy. But it became a war of the wills. And there's this scripture that says, it is better to dwell on the corner of a rooftop than in a wide house with a brawling woman. And as I'm laying there, and from the bed, of course, I can see him, he can see me. We're on the top floor of our home, right? (laughs) So he's literally on the rooftop, on the corner, which is the balcony. And Holy Spirit, 
drops into my spirit. Do you see this? Do you see this playing out in your marriage? Is this okay with you? And I mean, we hadn't been married a full year because of where we were living. I know we hadn't been married a full year. That's crazy. So he said, you have sent your new husband, the one that you prayed for, fasted about, the one that you cried out for, you sent him to the rooftop because you have to have the last word because you've got to be right. And now it's almost killing you. Oh, that's crazy. But I have to tell you, we're not the only newlyweds that happen to. It's an adjustment to check in with someone else about your decisions. It's an adjustment to have to say no to some things just because you're married, not because they're sinful, not because they're bad, not even because your spouse has asked you to, but just because it's not the best thing for the relationship. Like there's sometimes I may have wanted to go out at night, but he had been working crazy hours and I wanted to be home when he got home. I wanted to make sure that, you know, he saw me because we had really hadn't had much time together. So even though there was something I wanted to do with my friends, at that time, I really just needed to be his wife. So it's not something he demanded or even asked for. I just felt it was best for the relationship. Those things are an adjustment. Now, speaking of which, your relationships are going to change too. Mm. Oh, nobody told me about this part. Sometimes not only have you moved out of your former home, but you may have moved out of your former region into another state or another country. It's going to shift your relationships. Your availability is not the same, right? So my favorite time to talk to my friends when I was single was like nine, 10 o'clock at night. Well, my husband gets up very early for work before dawn. So nine or 10 o'clock at night, I'm not having conversations. We're in bed. And if we're not asleep, Go back to how I opened this episode, right? We're enjoying our time together. So at nine and 10 o'clock at night, I'm not having conversations unless there's an emergency I have to attend to. That's a huge shift. That is a huge shift. So one of the things that I learned late was when you're a newlywed and you're making these shifts and you're making these changes, have intentional conversations with people you are in relationship with your friends, your family, your coworkers even, have those discussions about how your availability may need to shift. It's not a lack of love. It's just a different season. And I think in my naivete, I thought people would just automatically realize that, right? That was an assumption. And an assumption is a very low form of knowledge. So be intentional about having those conversations with the people that you are in relationship with outside of your marriage. Now, here's something else that is really, really interesting. This I hadn't planned on. Your sleep pattern and your schedules change. So your sleep schedule and your sleep pattern may need to adjust, right? If you are sharing a bed, my mattress and his idea of a good mattress are not the same. My idea of a great pillow and his idea of a great pillow are not the same. The amount of dark we need to to sleep well is not the same. So we had to adjust. I wasn't prepared for that. And it seems minuscule until you don't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you don't get enough sleep, you're mean. And now we're back to the rooftop. See, so all all these things work together and they're not necessarily working together for your good. So be deliberate about talking about your sleep pattern, 
readjusting your sleep hygiene and having those discussions. I'll tell you another one, your blankets, how many blankets you use and how warm it needs to be. All of those things really do change, right? Because you're two different people. So this is that part of becoming one flesh that most people don't talk about. This is the part of that new marriage thrill (laughs) that no one talks about. Here's something else. And this is a biggie. This is a biggie. Now, we didn't really have a big problem with this, but I know some people that it literally almost drives them to divorce court. Solidify how you're going to spend your holidays and special occasions before they happen. So if you're somebody who's really big on Christmas, don't wait until the week of Christmas to have that discussion or even worse, assume that he'll understand how important that holiday is to you and how much you want to spend it with your family. Have that conversation in July when the stakes are low and y'all can just have that conversation, compromise and come to a good decision together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't wait until December to have that conversation. So you want to be sure that you are heading some of this stuff off at the pass. Don't <laughs> do not do like some of my friends have done and their families both assume that they're coming and they're not. They're not. And by that time, people are upset and feelings are hurt. Stakes are high in December. The same goes with any other holiday, right? Or any other special occasion. Like you always spent your birthday with your family, but this time your husband wants to take you on a cruise. Don't wait until your birthday to tell them that. So another thing that most people don't have a discussion about, especially during the newlywed season, are having discussions around your final wishes, changing any beneficiaries on life insurance policies or your pension or your investments. Also completing any legal documents or state documents that need to be completed. You need to have those discussions. What is that person expecting? What are you expecting? What does he want? What do you want? What does that look like? What do you have? Now, you should have done all of that in premarital counseling, had the discussion, but now you need to make some changes. There are legal documents that need to be updated, recrafted. You will need estate documents done. Even if you're young, you need to get that done. And you need to have those discussions with the other important people. So once you have that discussion with you and him and you've made your decisions, you need to have discussions with the other important people and the stakeholders that your decisions will impact. And remembering now, you also need to complete a new medical proxy because this person, this husband now that you've prayed for and you've waited for, they are considered your next of kin in most states. I will tell you what surprised me is in some states, there are different rules for how medical and final decisions can be made by your spouse. You need to check in your new municipality whether or not they have the final say, what does that look like, and what documentation needs to be executed in order for your wishes to be carried out. Now, I know that is very sobering, but this is real life. See, once we're married, yeah, this is adulting for real. So, you know, go on, have the good sex, have it frequently, enjoy it. It's a blessing from the Lord and take care of the practical business too. So those are the newlywed secrets that no one talks about. I hope they've been helpful to you. Let me know. My contact information is in the show notes and I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, be wonderfully blessed. 
that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so you never miss one. I would love it if you would share the podcast with your friends, post about it on Facebook and Instagram, or leave a review. That way you can help me to bring you more great content and expert guests. Until next week, be blessed. Be blessed.